Thank you for tuning into this week's message from Freedom Church CO in Woodland Park, Colorado. If you want to know more about us, you can visit freedomchurchco.com or follow us on social media at Freedom Church CO. So, would it be more important for me to teach you a skill to where you can be like, I got words left and right and I'm ready? Or is there something more important? To the prophetic, I think we should start at the beginning. And I want to start where I started with that. So when I was younger, I dealt with depression. And I wasn't just a little sad. I was big sad. (laughs) I was actually going to like a psychologist or therapist, or I can't remember what they're called. My mom did probably 99% of the talking, and I did one. um, Because it really, she needed it more than I did. Uh, And nothing against her. I just wasn't going to talk. But I dealt with severe depression, anxiety. They had all these names for them, and I don't care about them because I'm free from them, right? <laughs> so I dealt with all these things throughout my childhood. And I was so angry. I was suicidal. Praise the Lord that every time I went to try to kill myself, couldn't go through with it. So thank the Lord for that, right? And so I'm going through these depressive times. All of this anxiety. I mean, there was one time, guys, my mom pulled up to a Kmart. These guys looked at me wrong. I swatched down in the chair and I yelled at my mom to say, move this vehicle, move it somewhere else because of what I dealt with. I went, over, uh, I went to school over the phone for the sixth grade and I ended up dropping out in the ninth grade because I could not handle being around people. But there was a day that my dad, um, as we, all these things happened, because guys, as a kid, my parents had money. And so you're like, if I just have money, I'll be happy. Yeah, good news for you. No, you won't. You need the Lord. You need his goodness. You need his love. So I had all these things, and I was still depressed. Friends coming over all the time. I had whatever game system I wanted. All the money I wanted, right? But I was still depressed. And I don't even know when this started in my childhood. But my dad ended up losing this job. My grandma, she broke her hip. And he went back to Pensacola, Florida to take care of her. He was gone for about six months. He came and he got us. And we went back and when we first got there, guys, we squatted in a house, right? It it had water and I slept on a mattress with no sheets on the floor. But there was something different that started to happen. My family was back together, right? And I was seeing them all again and something was different. And eventually we got a house and I saw my dad he started coming home, and he's this big, burly, strong man, right? His picture's at the definition of man in the dictionary. I saw him coming home weeping, not just like, oh, I'm slow. He was crying, and he could barely make it through the door. And he would say, son, I love you. Son, I love you. Every time he saw me, son, I love you. Son, I love you. I'm not going to preach to you. I'm not going to try to minister to you. I just want you to know that I love you. I was so deep in my depression, I was so stuck in the video games that I was like, okay, and I just went right back to it because I was so engrossed in trying to escape from what I felt and what I dealt with that I could not notice the very change that I soon would experience. And so as we went along and my dad was doing this inconsistent and he's a man of his word, he didn't preach to me, but he loved me. But he said one day, hey, you know, I'm going to the church that you grew up in, so you might know some of the kids, and my, brain, and my thoughts were, probably won't like them. And so, <laughs> as he's saying that, he's like, I know I said I won't preach to you, but I just want to encourage you. 
just go to this little meeting they're having at the youth pastor's house. And I was like, oh man, I don't want to. I really don't want to. (laughs) But I decided to go because I was seeing that change that was happening in my dad. And I went and I was scared. There's gonna be all these preppy church kids who were better than everybody. And praise the Lord, there weren't. They were all messed up like me. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Praise the Lord, right? They're all messed up just like me. And so I started going. And I'll be honest with you. I was probably 13 or 14. My main incentive, the girls. But praise also the Lord, I can't flirt to save my life. And so 0% chance of getting a girl during this time. But it's also good. I did not need one in the current state that I was in, right? (laughs) And so the Lord, through my inability, protected me. And so as these times are going on, I have uh, this, my youth pastor, extremely prophetic. She just gathered us up and put one in a circle. And she's like, whatever you hear, whatever you see, just say it. And we were like, okay. And one day, one kid went, I see Swiss cheese. And she's like, okay, what do you think that means? Right? But as we went on, these kids, and I was one of them, began to grow and giving words to people. Some of us grew into paragraphs and all these things and seeing the depths of our fellow youth, right? And so we began to grow closer. And so, but I began to be interested because I was one of the ones who was getting all these paragraphs and all these things and this is cool. I'm getting all these prophetic words and this is awesome. But I was still depressed, still anxious, still everything, right? Because at that point, I had not fully accepted the Lord. One day, we went to this conference called One Thing. It was 24 hours of prayer and fasting. I didn't either. And (laughs) I was there once again to flirt with the girls and there once again to be rejected because of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I'm going about my life depressed Anxious, but we went to this meeting, and I'm standing there, and I hear this voice inside of me say, if you step into your chair and record, I'll change your life. And I said no, because one, I was this size at that age, 13, 14. I was a big old man. I was like, people like, why are you with all these kids? And I was like, I am a kid. Thank you. <laughs> Mind you, no beard, rosy red cheeks. So I was a giant baby. Okay, we've clarified things now. And so I'm standing there. I'm worried everyone's going to look at me. And I hear the voice a second time say, if you step into your chair and walk forward, I will change your life. And I said no. But then this boldness started rising up in me, this want to listen to this voice. And I heard it again. It said, if you step into your chair and walk forward, I will change your life. And so I just stood up and walked, right? I got a few steps up, maybe a few rows. And this presence hit me. I fell to the ground. This golden light came over me. And I wept. And I'm I'm talking about ugly. It was snotty. It wasn't good. Right? And this lady came over and was prophesying over me. I don't remember what she said. But I know that I got up. But nothing was different. And so I continued on at this church because I had that experience. But I still dealt with depression, anxiety, fear, and all these things. So, did the Lord lie to me? No. I have good news and I'll get to it. (laughs) So I continued on. I would 
pray in tongues. So in that moment, I got, I don't know when it happened, but I got filled with the Spirit and everything. The whole thing happened, right? And so I'm filled with the Spirit. I'm praying in tongues now. I'm getting in the Word. And I loved worship music. I would turn worship music on, and my sister who, who's watching can attest. I'd lay there for hours. Because remember, guys, I dropped out of school. You got a lot of time when you drop out of school. Don't drop out of school. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. You got a lot of time. And so I'm sitting, I'm laying there soaking in the word. I'm soaking in his presence. And I'd have these moments where I would just experience his love. And I began to chase that. But I want to encourage you today, never chase the feeling. Never chase just feeling his presence. Right? You're going to experience it, but don't chase it. But I did. And I would go and I'd have these wonderful highs. They'd be so great. I'd be in the word. I would be, I'd feel like, oh yeah, I know your love, Lord. This is so great. And then I'd have deep lows where I'm like, Lord, I don't even feel you. I don't even know where you are. Am I even saved right now? What's going on? And I would deal with all these things. But I would still continue in the word. And as the years went on, things got worse, right? I grew older but as I still did not fully grasp what happened to me on that day, I continued on searching for identity in every place but him. And I would go to him sometimes. But then I'd find myself in other places. And as I grew older, I went to parties. And my life was everything that looked like the world. But you know what's funny? You ever been at a party and they say, why are you here? They say, you're, you're not supposed to be here. Have you ever had an unbeliever do that? I'd be there. I'd get words for him. I'd see him healed. And they say, why are you here? You should be a pastor. You know you're not really listening to the Lord when unbelievers begin to confirm your calling. And so as I went on, and I'd have these times, I'd, I'd get away from that. I'd go over here, and I was just in the light, in the dark. In the light, in the dark, back and forth. It's because I didn't know who I was. But then I read a verse, and I'll get this one up for you. It's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. We got it. All right. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to be adopt, uh, for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us with in the beloved. And so what I was dealing with, because now this is over a couple of years, I was dealing with that I was experiencing God's love. People were prophesying about how much he loves me, the great call he has in my life, and all these things. And even I would prophesy over others how much God loved them. But for me, I could not accept what he was saying for me as truth. But as I continued in the word, and this verse stuck out to me, I said, wait. So, Lord, before you said light be, you said you're choosing to see me as holy and blameless in your sight. Before you said light be, 
you are saying that you predestined me before the foundation of the world to be adopted into sonship according to your, your pleasure and your will. So wait, I'm your pleasure and your will? You love me. The reason I couldn't accept it because I felt so bad. How can I say that I've received a God that loves me so much, but stay in these places that he has not called me to? I still dealt with things after getting this revelation, but he had a deep root that was placed in me that day to know that before he ever spoke anything, he decided on me. And I want to encourage you today, before he said anything, before he did anything, he decided how he was going to think of you. I know I'm speaking to people today because I know I'm not alone in what I've lived through. And I can encourage you that today, if you will hear his voice and not harden your heart, but listen and accept his truth, he will show you that you are his, that you are his child. And so this deep root began. And I, I was going and I'd have those highs and those lows, those highs and those lows, the good times and the bad times. And I was like, why is my life so different than others? I see people get saved and it looks like they just skyrocketed. But for me, it's like rocket, no, 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 no. And I was frustrated and I was angry because then I'd go to a conference or somewhere, someone would prophesy some big word over me. I didn't want people to even talk to me anymore. I was like, I'm done with this. I'm not seeing any of this in my life. It's because I still was not accepting the truth that he said about me. But as I went on, I read in Revelation, I won't get this quote up because I don't want you to use this method, please. I'm giving you an example of what I did. It's not smart. <laughs> Most of my things are not. So, Revelation somewhere, don't find it. Uh, it says, I'd rather you be hot or be cold. Because if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. I said, okay, Lord, you know what? I'm going to be really cold. I'm going to be as cold as I can be. And you're going to leave me. You're going to leave me alone. Because of our, over all these years, guys, over all these years, I, mercy constantly on every situation, on everything I did, things that should ruin my life, destroy my life, he would work out. Why? I was trying to mess up my life, Lord, and you're going to go work things out? Because he loves me. Because he loves you. But I still didn't believe that I deserved his love. I didn't believe that I deserved his love and what he says about me. And so I said, I'm going to be as cold as I can. And so for about two weeks, I tried my best to be cold. But praise the Lord, I'm also not a good sinner. And so I tried my best. Did everything I could that I thought would be cold to pull me away from him. But during that time, I'm still hearing him. I'm still hearing him talk to other people. I'm still, he's, I'm still experiencing his presence. And I'm not even looking for him. I'm actually trying to get away from him. So one day I'm driving. I start beating my steering wheel. I said, Lord, you tricked me. You said be hot or be cold. So I went on to be cold. And then you pursued me all the more. So I don't know why you want me. I don't know what I have to offer you. 
But if you want me, you can take whatever you think I am. And now I'm not saying from there it was skyrocketed. I was all great. No. But I begin to accept his love. And the purpose of this message and the purpose of my testimony, because this is what he's told me, you will never get away from him. There is nowhere you can go that he will not be there. There is no distance you can go. There is nothing you can do. He said, I am your ever-present help in time of need. I will never leave you or forsake you. And so when it comes to being prophetic, first realize the ones who's talking to you is not way up there. He has come to make his home in you. He has come to make his dwelling in you. And if you realize, one, he does not stop talking. I'll tell you, there are times where I don't want to hear him. And then I still hear him. I still hear his voice. I'm tired. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm done. And every time I say that, he's like, here's someone to minister to. And I'm like, but I don't want to. But I do. And let me show you, because I used to get beat up about this as well, if you feel like you're there. So Matthew 21, verse 28 through 31. This is a parable about the two sons. What do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go into the vineyard today. And he answered him, I will not. But afterward, he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son, and he said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father. They said, the first. And Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, go into the kingdom of God before you. So if you've ever said no to the Lord but went and did it, you're doing his will. He wants us to get to the place where we say yes. But I can tell you that I've been the son that said no many times. But I have no choice because there's another verse I want to read to you. Actually, I'll just quote this one as well. It says, for this reason that Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that if one died, therefore all have died. When you accept him, you don't need to try to muster the things up to do his will. We need to spend time with him. We need to get at his feet. We need to sit with him. And I am telling you, you're not going to have to pull his arm He's going to be pulling yours. The love of God will compel you to love on those around you. No matter how tired you are, no matter how hard of a week you've had, because who's the burden on? It's not on you. This life is no longer ours. We've been bought by him. And so even in these times where it's hard, where all these things are going on, let him live through you. And if you're at the place where you don't feel like, I don't, I don't know your love for me, Lord. I don't know your love for me, Lord. I want to encourage you. Like I said before, it's not going to come through an experience or a feeling. It's going to come through you doing this. Lord, I accept what you say is true. Because there was a time I dealt with double-mindedness. And I was getting prayer, asking for deliverance for like six months. And I was like, Lord, it won't go away. And then one day he came up to me and he's like, hey, Judah, with that double-mindedness, 
you're going to have two mindsets. Pick one. And the other one's always going to be there. And I know you might think that's too simple. But choose this day who you will serve. I set before you life and death. Choose life. And so, yes, you're going to go through times and you might be like, I'm struggling with all these thoughts. But the Lord says, who are you going to choose? Who are we going to choose to listen to? Will it be your flesh, the world, the enemy? Or will it be the Lord who's speaking to you and who's speaking through his son? And I can encourage you that he loves you. He loves you so much. He wants to see you do great things because he's purchased you. He's jealous for you. You are worth the blood of his son. And he wants to live through you. So I have a few verses here that I want to give you. That these verses have helped me through so many years This is 2 Corinthians 5. Actually, this is the one I quoted before, but I'll continue it. 5, 14 through 19. For the love of Christ controls us, because we concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regarded him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. And so when it comes to what you consider yourself, we have to come to the place where we're no longer considering ourselves according to our natural ability, our natural thought, or anything like that. We used to regard Christ in this way, but we do no longer because we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son's love. And so what the Lord does when he looks at you, he does not assess what you're going through. He assesses what he's done. He assesses what he has accomplished. And so when he talks to you and he's saying things that you in your natural self cannot grasp or understand or even accept, it's because he's not speaking to your flesh. He's not speaking to your brain. He is speaking to who you actually are and calling you up higher to where you need to be, to who you actually are, to what he has accomplished. And this is Acts verse, chapter 4, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. When I saw this when I was younger, this was awesome. Because like I said, I dropped out in the ninth grade. I got a GED. I didn't feel that qualified. I didn't feel that educated or anything. I really wasn't. 
The Lord's helped me over the years. But what he's done for me is brought me to this place where I know no matter who I stand before, I trust him to show them that I've been with him. That's the qualification. That's what he wants to see in us. He wants to see us walking in relationship with him. And so I want to encourage you, and I don't want to go in a roundabout way, so I'll continue with this. If you want to grow in the prophetic, if you want to grow in any of the gifts, because this doesn't go with just the prophetic. The thing is, you have the Holy Spirit in you. He's the one that gives the gifts. And so as you spend time with him, in relationship with him, you're going to walk in those naturally. You don't need for man to teach you all these things and how, well, this is how you lay your hands and all these things. No. You get with him and he's going to say, go, pray for this person. Go, give this word to this person. And if you're like, no, that's okay, as long as your no turns into a yes of action. There was a time I was sitting there one day and I was watching Netflix with my family and my oldest brother brought a friend in. And I heard the Lord say, ask Jimmy if he has any pain. And I said, no, I'm watching Netflix. <laughs> and he said, ask Jimmy if he has any pain. I said, no. Well, you know, by the third time, I said, yes. I look over, I say, Jimmy, do you have any pain? He says, oh, yeah, I got pain, sciatic nerve damage and all these things. And I said, well, the Lord wants to heal you. Be healed in Jesus' name. And he stood up and sat down. And he stood up and sat down and said, the Lord you serve is now the Lord I serve. Was I praying before that? Was I saying, Lord, use me? Lord, make me usable? Was I saying all of these things? No, I was watching Netflix. And I don't want to demean this. But I want you to understand the Lord is living your life now. The Lord is living your life. He wants to live your life every day. But the good news is your issues are his issues. Your debt's his debt. Everything is his. When he purchased you, he's like, I'll take the whole lot. He didn't leave anything. He didn't say, yeah, I'm going to purchase this and you got to handle these things. It's his life now. Because there's a verse that I have in there. It says, those who've joined themselves to the Lord are one spirit with him. The reason he's not going to leave you or forsake you, you're one. (laughs) You're attached. Where's he going to go? He can't leave you. He's united himself with you. It's set. It's a done deal. And so when you're looking at issues in your life, say, well, Lord, I'm not sure what you're going to do about that, but it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And he's going to get glory from it because he's not going to leave you or forsake you. He will not. And when you become aware of him, you're going to to be activated. You're going to, you won't be able to help it. That the love of God will compel you. Every time I'm here and I get around you guys, I'm like, oh, I love these people. (laughs) And I'm like, Lord, you got any words? You know, you got anyone you want to heal? You want to, like, I want to do some stuff because now I've grown with him. And he started out that way. He was like, yeah, I want to see people healed. I want to give that word and all these things. And I was like, but I don't want to. And now, majority of the time, sometimes I'm still tired. But majority of the time, I'm like, yeah, Lord, I want to see people healed. I want to, you know, cleanse lepers. I haven't seen any lepers yet, but I'll pray for them. I want to give words, all these things. I want to do what you want to do. Because my identity is not that God just saved me and now I'm over here. No, he, like we read, he reconciled me to himself. And that I'm one with him. I'm in a relationship with him now. 
So no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, if the pressure is on you, <laughs> you've taken over your life and you have to give it back because it's not yours. You have been bought with a price. It is his life now. So if you're dealing with a sickness, you say, well, Lord, you purchased this body and uh, I got something wrong with it, but your word says by your stripes I was healed. And so I already know I ain't gonna take on this pressure trying to see myself healed. I'm gonna look to you to where my help comes from. I'm gonna keep my focus on you because you keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on you because they trust in you. So I'm just gonna keep looking at you. I don't know when this stuff's gonna go, but it's gonna go. I'm already healed. I don't even walk. This is just a suit. We can get repaired. Come on now. You got financial needs. You look to him and go, well, Lord, I don't know what you're gonna do, but that's your bill. <laughs> I was worried about moving here two years ago. And then we were trying, we were trying, we were trying to figure everything out to get here. And one day I just said, Lord, I can't figure this out. And he said, Judah, think about this. Whenever you were a kid, did you worry about where you were going to move to, the house you were gonna get, and the job that your dad was gonna get? And I said, well, no. And he said, I'm moving to Colorado and I'm taking you with me. <laughs> and then the job opened up, the house opened up, and I was like, you know what? This is an easier life. And now can I say that, yeah, I walk around like that all the time. No, there's still times where my focus gets shifted. But when I get back in his word, and I just eat of the word and I fill myself with his truth. I begin to acknowledge him. Everything gets clearer. And so I want to encourage you. Who here has given their life to the Lord? All right. Yeah. You're stuck. There's no getting out of it. There is no way he's going to leave you or forsake you with the price that he's paid. So we might as well just go ahead and submit and give up. But I don't mean give up, no, give up your efforts, your stressors, your anxieties, your fears. Give it all up and take on the life that he's given you. And like Hebrews says, we're gonna enter into that rest because a man who's entered into, into rest has ceased from his works. So tonight, we are not leaving here without leaving in rest. So whatever you're dealing with, whatever's going on, and I got situations too, guys, but he gonna figure them out because I don't know. He's gonna have to. <laughs> too big for me, right? And so the same thing for you. If you can't even make yourself taller or increase your life by worrying, why do it? And so he's never going to leave you, never going to forsake you, and he's, he's better than your parents, he's better than your friends. Every time you've seen someone not come through, He's always gonna come through. He is never not going to come through. He will send his word and fulfill it. He will see that it's fulfilled. And so I'm just gonna pray because we've spoken the word. It's not gonna return void. So every word that I've spoken and spoken from his word, you're going to see things take effect because there's seeds that are planted. And my weapons aren't carnal, they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. In this church, will not be a church that is dictated by our feelings, by our flesh. 
We will walk in the spirit. We will see the things of his kingdom and how he wants things to be done. And it's not by our might or our power. It's by his spirit. And so I'm not even leaving you. Here's your game plan. Here's all your things to do. Give up. That's it. Stop it. Let's give up together and look to him and see him faithful. So, Father, you <laughs> are able. Man, where things aren't possible for us, that's where you kick in. You're like, I love the impossible. I want to do it all day, every day. And so, Father, if there's anything impossible in here, I thank you that you are working it out. I release the peace of heaven over everyone in this room, that they can cast their cares on you because you care for them. They can rest in you today. They can go to sleep and they might have all these things they gotta get figured out. But even while they're sleeping, you're working. You're moving on their behalf. You are figuring these things out because you're our father. And you don't abandon your children. So I just thank you for that, that we will leave rested. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If this message blessed you, please subscribe and share this with a friend. You can tune back in next week for another great message from Freedom Church.